Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this podcast is about seven nootropics that make quitting smoking a breeze. And you're definitely going to want to check out the article that goes along with this podcast and the very cool infographic that goes with it. In fact, if you have someone in your life who you care about and you'd like to see them quit smoking, and I'm pretty sure if they do smoke, I'm pretty sure they would like to quit smoking, share that infographic with them because it is aesthetically quite, quite beautiful. I'm pretty proud of it. Every year around January 1st, many millions of people take on the valiant goal of quitting smoking and shockingly few succeed. The vast majority will relapse and wallow in self-loathing as they shamefully billow secondhand cigarette smoke, having failed yet again to quit. If you're serious about quitting this bad habit and avoiding all the pain and expense of the numerous deadly illnesses, which are a virtual inevitability, if you continue smoking, you're definitely going to want to consider some of these nootropics and smart drugs. First of all, and in this podcast, I'm going to kind of go in the order of what's what's most effective. First of all, Rhodiola rosea. Two Italian studies conducted in 2011 and 2012 indicate that it may be a literal lifesaver for smokers. The studies showed it alleviated some of the depression and physiological symptoms that are associated with nicotine cessation, quitting smoking. The potential benefits of rhodiola for one that is quitting smoking are many. First of all, rhodiola may reduce the withdrawal symptoms. In a 2012 study on mice who had formed a nicotine Dependence extract of rhodiola rosea was shown to decrease signs of withdrawal exhibited after cessation of nicotine administration. While this study was not done on humans, it does show promise that rhodiola will aid in the reduction of withdrawal symptoms after quitting smoking. Second, rhodiola may also help to counter the effects of weight gain associated with quitting smoking. Not only does it restore levels of the stress hormone cortisol, high cortisol levels result in an increase in belly fat. It also helps to burn existing fat. Rhodiola does this by metabolizing fatty acid from adipose tissue and activating adipose lipase, an enzyme needed to burn stored fat. And a personal anecdote, my researcher has a few words about her own experience with rhodiola. I have been smoking cigarettes for 16 years, but have recently decided to give it a try and quit. I have never been such a heavy smoker, mostly up to five a day, so why should I smoke at all? I started a few weeks ago using rhodiola, one little 200 milligram pill per day and have cut smoking down up to one cigarette per day. I haven't experienced any withdrawal symptoms so far and my cravings for nicotine have been really insignificant. 
It seems like rhodiol has been helping me a lot and I will invent and I will eventually quit smoking for good thanks to its properties. I'll mention dosage and usage. You'll want to take in between 200 to 600 milligrams daily of rhodiol. 600 is kind of on the the high end. Most people are going to be are going to do just great with about 400 milligrams. And if you're uh, getting withdrawal symptoms that are really kind of making you irritated, then you can up that dosage some. The next nootropic I'll bring to your attention is oxyracetam. And I refer to this one as the discipline molecule. This subtle smart drug is not very stimulating, but it gives you a noticeable boost in willpower for four to six hours. If your smoking relapses tend to occur at the end of a long day when you're tired and your willpower is sapped, some oxyracetam in the afternoon may make a big difference. Oxyracetam is, as its name would imply, one of the racetams and is structurally different from paracetam due to a single hydroxyl group. It is also used for nootropic purposes such as enhancing learning in students or preventing cognitive decline. Like all other racetams, it is a synthetic molecule that is not found in food sources or in nature. And if you're someone who's a, perhaps uh, unacquainted with the racetams or with smart drugs, you might be thinking, well, you know, I don't want to take any chances. I want to, you know, just use natural things. I'm all about the natural things, right? Well, you know, you should be taking the rhodiola in that case. But I'll mention that oxyracetam and the rest of the racetams are renowned and are uh, praised in the scientific meta-analyses that have been done of them for their safety and for their general non-toxicity. So if you're a person that's that's fairly risk-averse, well, you should quit smoking then because <laughs> smoking is an almost certain, uh, smoking entails an almost certain, uh, an almost certainty of uh, disease and death and the racetams, while not quote-unquote natural uh, nootropics or nutraceutical products, they are extremely low-risk synthetic drugs. This reddit.com user reported on oxyracetam's helpful effect. Smoked around a half a pack a day for the last few years and I've taken a collection of nootropics for about the same amount of time. I've noticed a significant reduction in cravings while using oxyracetam and am currently using that while I attempt again to stop smoking completely. Another Reddit user added, for about six to seven solid years, I was a half a pack a day smoker and tried to wean off into vaping a couple of times. While tripping with the girlfriend and some friends, 
I was able to officially stop smoking on New Year's Day 2014. The whole tripping thing really helps to kick bad habits as anything unhealthy for you just starts to feel about 10x worse. I was able to substitute smoking with sub-ohm vaping as the clouds and potency were enough to finally satisfy that part of the habit. It didn't take long to wean down to one to three milligram juice and I have since been a regular sub-ohm vapor because nicotine. Recently, I added oxyracetam and alpha-GPC to my stack and it seems to have unlocked an underlying mechanism to make positive changes in my life. And with the oxy, you're going to want to do in between 500 to 1,000 milligrams daily. And again, it has that four to six hour effect window. So you'll want to dose twice daily. And you could also, of course, experiment with figuring out when you seem to have your willpower weakness moments and dosing appropriately for those. Third drug I want to talk about is piracetam. And this is a similar smart drug to oxyracetam. It's a safe, cheap, and effective stimulating drug that improves willpower, often in as little as 45 minutes. It has a synergistic effect on willpower with oxyracetam. You would want to combine the piracetam and oxyracetam in a four to one ratio. So you would do four grams of paracetam with one gram of oxyracetam or two grams of paracetam with 500 milligrams of oxyracetam. You get the idea. Paracetam has also been demonstrated in clinical trials to have a nice synergistic effect with another nootropic mentioned in this article, which is rhodiola rosea. If you have limited budget to invest in quitting smoking, I'll narrow my recommendations down to paracetam, oxyracetam, and rhodiola. Just go with those three things. Paracetam can also restore healthy award arousal mechanism. Chronic use and abuse of vice can numb you to natural healthy pleasures, such as a conversation with a friend, dinner with loved ones, or sex with your partner, and paracetam can restore your joy in these things. So if you're, if you're saying to your girlfriend, baby, baby, let's do this thing with this, this leather whip where I'm hanging upside down and you have an alien outfit on and we're listening to death metal music in the background and that's the only way that you can get turned on, then you, sir, have a shit award arousal mechanism and you might want to look into paracetam. Here's what biohackers are saying from a Reddit user. Paracetam and aniracetam helped me quit smoking. Sounds kind of weird, but smoking was a good amount of times something I did when I was either stressed or just kind of something I did when I wasn't being productive and doing anything else. Taking paracetam has really helped me to become much more proactive and productive. I sometimes find it hard to pry myself away from things I could possibly be getting done ahead of time. Another 
biohackeronreddit.com reported, I was able to quit smoking cigarettes, a five-year habit, after unsuccessfully attempting cold turkey a couple times. No joke, paracetam really did the trick for beating nicotine addiction. Any withdrawals or cravings were dramatically reduced. Another American user on Longevity.com. I am a 23-year-old male from the USA, and I began taking paracetam and choline bitotrate recently to help me quit smoking. Paracetam has worked well for me for this purpose. I have never heard about or seen any articles about using nootropics to assist in quitting drugs, but I decided to give it a go after not having good results with Wellbutrin. I stopped after several weeks, a month or so prior to starting paracetam. I feel like the paracetam helped me to avoid or at least not notice the withdrawal symptoms. I typically receive when not smoking for a few days, such as ADHD, anxiety, insomnia, lethargy, etc. This is not even mentioning the other benefits I received from this nootropic. I also did not gain any weight. I am skinny and have a fast metabolism and was not a heavy smoker. So this was not likely, this is likely not related. And your dosage with your paracetam is gonna be in between two to four grams daily. You can do, you can do a bit more of it. Uh, doing four grams of any drug kind of feels like a whole lot, but this is one thing that there seems to be quite a tolerance curve and some people will be taking as much as like eight to 10 grams of the stuff, but that's quite extreme. And again, you're probably gonna wanna use it in combination with the other two things that I mentioned, oxyracetam and paracetam. Next, let's talk about N-acetylcysteine, a lot of times also just referred to as NAC. A small pilot study of 12 heavy smokers conducted in the Netherlands in 2012, where everybody is a heavy smoker, just kidding. No kin into kokin. Okay, uh, was quite optimistic about NAC as a quitting hack. Quote, relapse is the rule rather than the exception in smokers aiming to quit smoking. Recently, evidence has emerged that glutamate transmission plays an important role in relapse, NAC, a cysteine prodrug, restores glutamate homeostasis and appears to be a potential new treatment for substance dependence. It is concluded that the results of this pilot study are encouraging and suggest NAC might be a promising new treatment option for relapse prevention in nicotine dependence. If you peruse the anecdotal accounts of NAC users, you'll frequently hear it described as a willpower aid for abstaining from various vices, ranging from cigarettes and marijuana to cocaine and overeating. An Australian user on earthclinic.com articulated how NAC effectively detoxifies your lungs, which makes it a great idea for former smokers and those trying to quit. If you smoke or used to smoke and want to clean out your lungs, 
try NAC. This is an indispensable product. Aside from increasing your body's production of glutathione, essential for liver protection, NAC is particularly effective in clearing your lungs of damaging carcinogens or any other detrimental pollutants. In fact, if your dog is silly enough to go after a skunk and get sprayed and you take it to the vet, the first thing the vet will do is give it a 1K milligram shot of NAC to clear its lungs of the spray, which can be toxic due to its preventing your dog's ability to breathe and th with that oil covering the oxygen intake cells. So for liver or lung protection healing, NAC is essential and well worth the relatively minor expense. Interesting, I didn't know that about skunks and dogs. Considering the benefits of taking it in contrast to the damage done if you don't use it regularly while smoking. And of course, smokers very concerned about their lung health. So of course they're gonna be, you know, taking an acetylcysteine while they're smoking. Not. This worked very well for us and its effects were immediately noticeable. It should be taken between meals with a B6 tablet and 50 milligrams of vitamin C in order to get the greatest benefit. I would recommend two 600 milligram capsules per day taken separately between meals for anyone needing the benefit of NAC. And as far as dosage and usage, I'm gonna go with the recommendation that that Australian so enthusiastically made about NAC and skunks and dogs and smokers, things that you usually don't find in the category, but you do sometimes on this podcast. I'm going to go with recommending 1,200 milligrams once a day, or you can you can split them up if you feel like uh, you can split them up to a morning and then an afternoon dosage if you feel like you need something else to age your willpower a bit. Although there was a Dutch study that dosed smokers 3,600 milligrams, and that seems like a lot of NAC to me. I recommend starting the dosage out at like 600 or 1200 milligrams daily and incrementally increasing the dosage to see how you respond because some people find some some negative side effects if they're doing if they're getting above what was it 2400 milligrams daily. The next smart drug that I'll mention is modafinil. And modafinil does not directly aid in quitting smoking, but a lot of aspiring quitters find it very helpful because it makes you very focused for eight to 12 hours. And it also seems to have a synergistic effect with nicotine. It will make whatever nicotine you are consuming more potent, in some cases like a lot more potent. So if you're tapering down your smoking or using nicotine patches or lozenges and you're still having like kind of a lot of desire for nicotine or, you know, perhaps you're like a person that you feel like nicotine kind of empowers your creative, artistic, uh, deductive, reasoning, logical side and you're really kind of struggling without your normal intake of cancer sticks and you're using 
an alternative source of nicotine, modafinil together with it can be like, wow, man, like limitless, man. Modafinil is a wakefulness-enhancing drug that was created for treatment of daytime sleep-related disorders such as narcolepsy. It seems to have benefits for cognition via increasing levels of stimulatory neurotransmitters in the brain. Life hackers use it as a quintessential smart drug. An American double-blind placebo-controlled trial was conducted in order to demonstrate the impact of modafinil on nicotine addiction. Quote, 157 treatment-seeking smokers received brief smoking cessation counseling and were randomized to group one was eight weeks of modafinil, 200 milligrams a day, or group two was eight weeks of placebo. The primary outcome was biochemically verified, seven-day point prevalence abstinence at the end of treatment. Secondary outcomes included cigarette smoking rate and post-quit deprivation symptoms, such as uh, negative effect withdrawal, etc. Eventually, the, the study was ceased and smoking should not be considered when modafinil is prescribed especially among people with psychiatric conditions that have high comorbidity and nicotine dependence. So I think what that study is saying is that it didn't make that big of a it didn't make that big of a difference especially uh, in contrast to the other nootropics I've discussed earlier on in this podcast. In a 2008 study done at Yale University School of Medicine, 19 smokers participated in a double-blind placebo-controlled crossover study. In each of three experimental sessions, subjects were treated orally with a single 200 milligram or 400 milligram dose of modafinil or placebo. Two hours and 10 minutes following the medication treatment, subjects received a single two milligram nicotine lozenge. Both doses of modafinil alone increase the rating of elated depression on the profile mood states subscale in the direction of depressed and increased ratings of negative effect on the positive and negative effect schedule. In contrast, the 200 modafinil dose combined with a 2 milligram nicotine lozenge increased the rating of energetic tired in the direction of energetic on the POMS subscale. Modafinil attenuated self-reported rating of drug strength in response to the nicotine lozenge. Here are a few anecdotal experiences from users on reddit.com. I recently started taking modafinil last week, and while taking it, I noticed that I do not get withdrawal symptoms from nicotine. I'm not interested in cigarettes while using modafinil. The first time I took a cigarette on modafinil, I got the chills. Modafinil also has a mild appetite suppressing effect, which may be good for quitters who want to avoid getting a little plump. Dosage and usage. Many people find modafinil very stimulating. I would not recommend that people take the 400 milligrams used in the Yale study. I recommend starting at a dosage of 
100 milligrams daily. Next is Nupept. And this is used by nootropic enthusiasts and has become one of the most popular smart drugs. Its exact mechanism and effects are yet to have been explained completely by science, uh, but it frequently has a subtle psychostimulatory effect that aids those quitting smoking. It's a very affordable nootropic that has a tremendous upside for some. These users on drugsforum.com share their personal experiences. I started new, taking Nupept two years ago, 15 milligrams at 6 a.m. when waking up, 10 milligrams sublingual at 2 p.m. Works great sublingually. I ran out of cigarettes three hours before my first dose two days ago. To my surprise, I have not smoked or thought about smoking cigarettes since I dosed. I have no withdrawal or cravings. I didn't realize I've not smoked in two days till I noticed I have 20 bucks extra in my wallet. That was a great surprise. I hope it stays like this. I've not even taken Nupept long enough to notice any major benefits. I do notice some though. Nupept may have eased my withdrawal from nicotine, though I was not aware of it at the time since the effects were not as drastic as yours. I feel Nupept may have allowed me additional focus to keep my mind on new tasks I completed to distract from the smoking and also may have played some role in neuroplasticity which allowed me to generate new neural networks associated with my new tasks in place of my former nicotine networks. This is strictly hypothetical as the mechanisms of action are not fully understood in this class of compounds. However, it works. It is a miracle. I feel it helps me concentrate on other things to take my mind off cigarettes as well. When I would attempt cold turkey without Nupept, I thought about smoking. I would obsess about it for a minimum of five minutes. Now, if I think about a cigarette, it's over in seconds. And someone here on Longevity reported, more likely to also have contributed to my irritability, and which I forgot to mention, was that I also quit smoking tobacco a week back. However, even tobacco has lost all its appeal to me as of late. I think this is because Nupept resensitized my nicotine receptors as they are a subclass of the acetylcholine receptor. I'll mention here dosage and usage is rather small, just 30 milligrams daily, which really is, is barely anything. Uh, you have to use this minuscule little spoon to consume that because what you do is you split that 30 milligrams daily into two or three doses. So you take them in the morning, usually one in the morning, one around noon, and then in the later afternoon. And you want to ideally have a choline source that goes along with them during the daytime. So that could be something like CDP choline, alpha GPC, or it could just be some dietary choline like eggs or my favorite, beet, root, and spinach salad. Moving on, phenibut. Yes, phenibut. One of my favorite 
tangy anxiolytic drugs. And this one is at my list of recommended nootropics for quitting smoking because it does not have a mechanism that should affect cravings or withdrawal symptoms. However, it's worth your attention because fenibut is the closest thing to a viable alternative to alcohol. Many smokers repeatedly fail to quit because they'll be socializing with their friends and after a few drinks, they just don't have the willpower to resist smoking. If you're a former uh, smoker or a relapse smoker or a current smoker, you have no doubt experienced this. The social drinking and smoking relapse causality is so strong and clear that I strongly recommend, if you're serious about quitting smoking, that you concurrently commit to abstaining for six to 12 months from drinking alcohol. I'll repeat that because it really is important. If you're serious about quitting smoking, if you actually wanna do it, you need to also commit to going six to 12 months without drinking alcohol. And during that time, you may want to experiment with using small doses of fenibute, which makes you very social and talkative without really intoxicating you. Although some biohackers find fenibute's gobergic mechanism to really assuage cigarette withdrawals and cravings. Quote, I just wanted to post my quick experience using Fenibit to quit cigarettes. I had messed around with Fenibut for about two years previous to this experiment, usually only taking it once or twice a month in doses of 1.5 grams, never gone higher. I've been smoking around a half pack, sometimes more, of cigarettes a day for the last two years and had quit more times than I can count only to be sucked in a few days later by nicotine withdrawal. No cigarettes, day one. I dosed 1.5 grams of fenibute at 6 p.m. that evening to help with sleep. Since quitting, nicotine always hits my sleep the hardest the first few nights. By 9 p.m., feel very relaxed, thinking about a cig, but also realizing that I will indeed be able to get as much sleep as I need that night. No signs of physical edginess that accompanies nicotine withdrawal. In fact, the fenibut seems to mask physical symptoms after all. Day two through day seven brought the dose down to one gram a day of fenibut only for the rest of the week, always at 6 p.m. each day. This allowed me to relax and retain a normal sleep schedule, perhaps better than normal, naturally the cause of the fenibut. After the first week sig-free, I tapered my dose by 200 milligrams daily. So by day four of the second week, I took my last dose of fenibut and was done compared to previous attempts. Much less daily anxiety. Um, easier to ignore social cues to smoke. Cravings greatly diminished, although this was brought about mainly through the physical, physiological discomfort greatly reduced by 
Phenibut. I am now finally cigarette free thanks to Phenibut. I experienced no withdrawal from the Phenibut, partially due to the low dose used, 1.5 grams to 1 gram, and the ending tapering. I recommend using this method to anyone that has struggled to quit cigarette, to quit smoking cigarettes in the past. So, sounds like it really helped that guy out. Let's talk about dosage and usage. You're going to want to do, I'm going to, I have a bit of a, I'm going to differ in my opinion from that gentleman, and I'm going to say that you should take in between 200 to 1,000 milligrams of Phenibut less than three times weekly. Use it in higher do- using it in higher dosages may become habit forming. It may also intoxicate you like alcohol, which may be counterintuitive to you quitting smoking. So again, Phenibut, it may be kind of a, a double-edged sword in your endeavor to quit smoking because it is a gobergic. Uh, pharmacologically, it works kind of similarly to alcohol, actually. So it may hurt your willpower. There's, I've talked to friends of mine that were trying to quit smoking and I gave them a little bit of Phenibut to try and they were like, this is awesome. I have no desire to drink alcohol now. And then they smoked a bunch of cigarettes because it does intoxicate you. However, if you can keep that dosage low with it and use it just as something that kind of takes the edge off your anxiety a little bit, if you're a person that struggles with anxiety, then it might really be able to help you. But if you're kind of like a person that, let's say you're on a hot streak and you've made it two weeks or two months or two years without drink, without smoking cigarettes and you are, uh, you know, you need to maintain a sober state of mind to resist smoking in social situations, Phenibut's probably a bad idea for you. But if you're a person who's kind of exasperated because you've tried smoking a bunch of times and been unsuccessful, then Phenibut may actually help you. It certainly certainly helps some people out there there, and it's uh, cheap and it's relatively safe if you're a person that doesn't have kind of like uh, what I'm going to term like an alcoholic personality type. If you have an alcoholic personality type or if you're the personality type that's been addicted to things like um, MDMA or cocaine in the past, then Phenibut's probably probably a quite bad idea. But if, if you're addictions, if your vices that you've succumbed to throughout your life have been kind of limited to like uh, cigarettes, then Phenibut may be worth your attention, but it's, uh, it's, it's quite a bit more risky than the other things that I've mentioned here. I'm going to also draw your attention to something that is important, which is reprogramming the nicotine pathway. You may have heard former smokers lamenting that even though it's been yours, they still struggle with cravings, especially when they should be enjoying themselves in a social setting. And I personally quit smoking five years ago and also struggled with cravings for a while, which I ultimately overcame and vanquished by reprogramming my neurobiological nicotine pathway with a different source of nicotine, which was 5% 
nicotine USP solution that comes in a little blue glass bottle. And you're definitely going to want to check out this article on my website because I have the I have my video review of where I discuss more in depth the 5% 5% nicotine USB solution and you can actually see this this cool little blue bottle that it comes in and I did that video in perhaps the most appropriate place in the whole world to talk about nicotine and smoking which is Belgrade, Serbia, where they really, really love cigarettes. In fact, I think I even saw a mother give her baby in the carriage a cigarette there. Just kidding. Although, I'm not sure. Maybe. It's one place where they really like cigarettes. And interestingly, uh, or funnily, now I get nicotine cravings from little blue glass bottles. If you think about that sensation you get when you see a person light up a cigarette and you say, ooh, that looks good. I want that. I want that in my mouth. I want that nicotine flowing through my bloodstream, making me feel awesome. That whole sensation, I now get that whenever I whenever I handle little blue bottles, but it's a whole lot better than having an urge to smoke cigarettes. Finally, I'll mention, again, you're going to want to check out the infographic that I did to go along with this podcast. In that infographic, what I created actually was I created a weekly protocol for quitting smoking. I created a tapering protocol because you, you, hear, you hear all these people talking about going cold turkey and of course, uh, the vast majority of it fail going cold turkey, and everyone who goes cold turkey experiences withdrawal symptoms, and they hate it. And going cold turkey is just not a very smart way to try to quit. A smarter way to do it is to do a week or two of tapering, do a week where you taper down 50% of your normal smoking habit, and then the week following that, taper down to 25% of your normal smoking habit. And then the week after that, what you do is you you actually, quote unquote, quit. And that first week of no cigarettes whatsoever, you're going to increase your dosage of the nootropics that I discussed here. You're going to take kind of, you're going to take higher dosages of the nootropics discussed here. And then your second and third week's of quitting smoking, you're going to decrease that nicotine or you're going to decrease your dosages of the nootropics over time because you you don't really need to take extreme dosages of nootropics and it's preferable not to take really high dosages of nootropics because your body does develop a a tolerance over time. And I created kind of like a a graph where I uh, visually illustrate what I recommend. So I really do hope that if you have someone in your life and they have gone through this cycle of trying to quit and failing to quit and hating themselves and going back to smoking, if they've gone through that cycle, it takes just a moment to share that infographic with them. Again, I'm Jonathan and I look forward to a continued conversation with you. Legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.
www.thepodcastmarketingmusicmakers.com. So we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset Podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.